This is Jerry McGee. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio, Overcoming Life's Obstacles. If you're like me, we all have things to overcome. You know, the children of Israel had things to overcome. They had to overcome the giants in the wilderness. And, of course, the wilderness represents our circumstances, and we have giants in our circumstances. And praise God, Jesus won the battle at Calvary. He's already won the victory. We just have to enter into what he's done for us at the cross. Thank God for his precious blood that he shed, not only to save us, of our, uh, save us, but to deliver us, to forgive us, to preserve us. And so we praise God for that. Well, I'm going to start with prayer. Lord, we just come before your throne and we thank you, Lord, for the, the opportunity to share your word. We pray for each person who listens into this message. God, we ask you to give ears to hear, cause human ears to be able to hear more than they can normally hear, and cause human mouth, my mouth, to speak more than it can normally speak because of the power of your Holy Spirit. Father, we just ask that the eyes of every heart be enlightened. We pray, Lord, that every person double-minded will uh, be gathered from all the places where they've been scattered through soul ties, through sin. And, Father, you said that if we're not gathering, we're scattering. And so, Lord, we want to gather each person who listens to this message in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that you make us one, even as you and your heavenly Father are one. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that I will be a tree of life tonight, that rivers of living water will come forth from our innermost being. And, Lord, we just thank you that we have authority over all of Satan's power, and we bind you, Satan, principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, wicked spirits in heavenly places. We bind you in the heavenly places and on this earth. We forbid you to work with, communicate with, make contact with anyone on this earth or in the heavenly places to work divination against us. In the name of Jesus, we bind and break every word of death, word of iniquity, curse, assignment, satanic ritual spoken over this program in Jesus' name. From every person, uh, we break over every person who's listening to this message in Jesus' name. Before I start, I wanted to say that we are on um, on live the first and the third Tuesdays of each month, and we hope you'll listen in. Thank you for listening in tonight. And so we will be on the first and the third Tuesdays of each month from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time. And so... We appreciate you listening in. We ask you to invite your friends to listen. Tonight's message is entitled, The Double-Minded Man, or you could say The Double-Minded Woman. You know, when the Bible talks about man, it's talking about man and woman, mankind. And a double-minded man is a person who has two minds, two souls, two personalities. Um, Double-minded means to have two souls. Uh, are two minds, are two personalities, and people can have more depending on the trauma. Uh, you see this especially if a person grows up in a dysfunctional family. They grew up with being abused mentally, emotionally, physically, sexually abused, or satanically ritually abused. They can have the mind of each person who's molested them, which would be uh, there because of soul ties. Because through soul ties, you get the personalities of whoever you have a soul tie with. Soul ties can be connected like a, like a thread, like a string, like a rope, like a cable, uh, like a chain, depending on the depth of trauma or sin that was committed with another person. And so through soul ties, you get the familiar spirits of whoever you have a soul tie with. And so when you get um, 
the familiar spirits, you also get the mind of whoever you have a soul tie with. And, of course, through deliverance, we can be freed from all these things. But God does not approve of double-mindedness. He wants us to have a single mind, a single heart for him. You know, in double-mindedness, one personality um, is compliant, uh, and that's rooted in fear of man. And the other personality, if a person just has two, like in double-mindedness, the other personality is anti-Christ, rooted in rebellion. The world calls this condition schizophrenia, and some refer to it as a split personality, which is a distortion or a disintegration of the personality. Um, but the Word of God calls it being a double-minded person or having two souls or two personalities. James 1.8 in the Amplified, it says, being as he is, a man of two minds, uh, hesitating, dubious, irresolute, is irresolute, I'm sorry, is irresolute. Uh, he is unstable and unreliable and, and uncertain about everything he thinks, feels, or decides. Now, schizophrenia means any of a group of psychotic disorders usually characterized by um, withdrawal from reality. A lot of times people to cope, they go into denial or into re, uh, unreality. Uh, illogical patterns of thinking, delusions, hallucinations, uh, and accompanied in varying degrees by other emotional, behavioral, intellectual disturbances. It's basically a condition that results from having two distinctive, at least two distinctive personalities that are opposed to one another. I've seen people that are double-minded be very compliant on one hand and then the other and other times uh, absolutely um, anti-Christ where they just don't even believe the word of God. It means to have two minds. The phrase translated two minds comes from the complex Greek word literally meaning two souls. And the opposite of having the mind of Christ is to be double-minded or schizophrenic personality. Double-mindedness and schizophrenic parents have double-minded and schizophrenic children. It begins with um, rejection of God's word and not having uh, God's mind in matters, which is rebellion and which is witchcraft. First Samuel fifteen twenty-three says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. The double-minded schizophrenia personality, if I could describe it, will look something like this. You know, because I'm on the radio, I cannot illustrate through PowerPoint or illustrate. But, um, but if but most of you have seen this illustration showing that uh, that we are a tripart being, body, soul, and spirit. You've seen the three circles: the, the outer circle representing a person's body. The middle circle representing the person's personality, which is mind, will, and emotions. And then uh, the spirit of a man, which is joined with the Holy Spirit in the smaller circle in the middle. Now, a double-minded person would be if you took the, the second circle that's just one solid circle and you divided it into two circles in that circle, that would be a picture of what a double-minded person looks like. 
Now, a person that has gone through trauma, through uh, being sexually abused, physically abused, mentally abused, satanically, ritually abused, uh, you could just add circles within that circle, and it would get to where it would be looking like a kaleidoscope. I remember a girl who had come out of Satanism that I ministered to for years and years. And I, w- one day uh, I said, well, I made you chocolate cake. She said, I don't like chocolate cake. I like lemon cake. So the next time I made her a lemon cake and she said, I don't like lemon cake. I like strawberry. You see, each personality that she had uh, liked something different. And a person that's been so um, dysfunctional as being satanically ritually abused, it's like switching channels on a TV. We're on channel three. They don't remember what happened at channel four. And that's just where the mind has just been so scattered through soul ties and through satanic rituals and through trauma and through sexual abuse, physical abuse, mentally, mental abuse, um, spiritual abuse. And so because I'm on the radio, I can't illustrate that. So I hope that made sense. And it can work in most of us because in varying degrees, because most of us didn't grow up in homes that were ruled by Christ or ruled by the mind of Christ. You know, we had mom's mind, dad's mind, stepfather's mind, stepmother's mind. If you grow up in an orphanage, you had the minds of all the authorities in that orphanage. Um, uh, boyfriend's mind, stepfather's mind, stepmother's mind, uh, boyfriend's mind, girlfriend's mind, babysitter's mind. And you could just go on and on. And the way it works is through soul ties. And wherever through these soul ties, we get scattered. Deuteronomy 28, and I don't know the verse from memory, but in Deuteronomy 28, it talks about God scattering us among all the peoples of the earth, and there we'll serve other gods of wood and hay and stone uh, that our fathers did had not even known. And so a person cannot be scattered. Uh, you know, a person can be divided in a million pieces, but through soul ties, they can be scattered. And so in deliverance is to gather, and to scatter means to um uh, to separate, to scatter to all the ends of the earth. And we know that one person can't be scattered all over the ends of the earth, but they can through soul ties. Because through soul ties, you get a part of whoever you have a soul tie with, and they get a part of you. And so um, in satanic ritual abuse, um, they'll have, for example, a person be torturing a person, and a demon will appear to a person and say, well, if you let me use your body, Uh, You won't feel the pain. So they take on that demon. And so, you know, the world calls this people in people. But basically, it's this is, you know, it used to be called disassociative um, MPD, multiple personality disorders. And now it's called disassociative identity disorder. And, And in psychology, they tell you these are people in people. But actually, there's only one person born in that body. But it's just uh, demonic through uh, soul ties that have been set up to uh, to absolutely destroy a person's personality. And the Bible has a lot to say, much to say about um, double-mindedness. Uh, uh, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Uh, he is unbelieving, uh, like a ship driven of a wind, tossed of the wind. And, he's, and the scripture says he'll receive nothing from God. So if we're looking for healing and deliverance, we have to have a single mind, a single heart uh, to make Jesus the Lord and master of our lives. James 1.8 says, but if any of you lacks wisdom, 
Let him ask of God who gives liberally to all men and generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Let him ask in faith without doubting, for whoever doubts is like the surf of the wind driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man expect that he'll receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all of his ways. That was the New American Translation. Earlier I read the Amplified Version. A person that's double-minded is lukewarm. Revelation 3.15 says, I know your deeds that you're neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were cold or hot. So because you're lukewarm and neither hot or cold, I'll spit you out of my mouth. Now, someone has said, well, the Greek word for spit out your mouth means exactly that. God says he'll spit you out of his mouth. And so he doesn't want us to be lukewarm. And we can think we're on fire for God. But, you know, sometimes we've left our first love. And sometimes it takes uh, trauma. It takes uh, pain for us to come back to, uh, to our first love. You know, the scripture says God disciplines every son whom he loves. A person that's double-minded is ever learning but never comes to the knowledge of the truth. Second, Second Timothy 3, 5 says, holding to a form of godliness, godliness, in other words, he looks religious or is religious. He probably believes in Jesus with his head, but so does the devil and his demons. Although it says they have denied its power. I used to think that it was denying the power of miracles, of signs and wonders, but that word in the Greek means the power inherent in godly living. It just means repentance. It says, avoid such men as these. They're always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. In other words, they can sit in the word for years and years and years, and they never get the revelation of God's word. You know, the Bible says in Psalms, the secret of the Lord is for those who fear him. And the scripture says in Proverbs, those who fear him turn away from evil. So I want the secrets of the Lord. I want the secret of the Lord. And you know something? We have to stay in that secret place. Uh, I heard someone that I re- I uh, greatly admire, a minister, say the other day, you know, with the world and all the things that are that's going on in the world, if we and our children stay in a secret place, we'll be safe. And basically that's Psalms 91 that says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High God will abide in the shadow and protection of the Almighty. And he's saying it's not who visits there but who dwells in the secret place so that's where we have to stay a double-minded man is not there and so we have to for us to be in the secret place of the most high god we have to have a single heart a single mind a person that is uh, double-minded is deluded because he doesn't have a love of the truth and it's so important for us to have a love of the truth And if you don't love the truth, ask God to give you love of the truth. So Jesus, the Bible says, is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the life. He is the truth. He is the word of God. And so um, because he's deluded, uh, the scripture says he can't even be saved. And and, uh, and so let's see, in 2 Thessalonians 2.11 says, And for this reason, God will send upon him a deluding influence so that they might believe what is false, so that they cannot be saved. So if you don't have a love of the truth, ask God to make you a lover of the truth. He wants us to walk in truth, love truth, embrace truth, speak truth, because it is 
the truth is Jesus. And so also a person that's double-minded halts between two opinions. In 1 Kings 18.21, it says, And Elijah came near to all the people and said, How long will you hesitate between two opinions? If it's the Lord God, follow him. If it's Baal, follow him. But the people answered not a word. And so the dilemma that uh, which national Israel faced was they didn't know who God was. They didn't know if it was Baal or if it was Jehovah. Uh, Elijah was frustrated with them because they were double-minded people. And if you've read the Old Testament, you can see how they kept turning to idols, turning to idols, turning to idols. And so we've done the very same thing. And where we might not be worshiping Baal, I mean, we are in a sense if we have idols, but we may not be thinking that we're bowing down to Baal, but we have, we're full of idols because wherever we have a wound, wherever we've turned to, to uh, instead of going to God, we've turned to, to a false God. Um, and this happens sometimes in childhood. We don't know we can go to God. So we let the sun go down on our anger. And because we don't go to Jesus, we turn to a promise we make ourselves. When I grow up, I'm going to find someone who loves me. When I grow up, I'm going to find someone who listens to me. I'm going to find somebody that will not reject me, somebody will protect me, somebody will talk to me. Wherever the parents fail, instead of going to God, they turn to a promise they make themselves that when they when we grow up, uh, we're going to get out of this house and life's going to be different. But that sets us up to reap the very thing we said was never going to happen. And so those are the false gods. And so wherever you have a false god, you have fear. You have a fear. If you have it, you fear you'll lose it. If you if you don't have it, you fear you won't get it. Uh, you get angry when you don't get it. So wherever you've got anger, wherever you've got fear, wherever you've got depression, you've got a false god. Those things are linked. Uh, uh, your anger is linked. Your hot wires from anger is linked to false gods. And so that's how you can detect where your false gods are. And so, you know, God tells us to let go of our life if we want to find it perfect love that casts out fear is just to let go and say, God, I trust you so much with my life. You know what I need if I need it, when I need it, when to give it to me, if I need it. And so there's, there, there, and there's some of you even now that are torn, just like national Israel couldn't decide who was God, Jehovah or Baal, uh, because you are, um, you're torn between the pleasures of this world and what they have to offer versus uh, submitting your life 100% to Jesus. And for this reason, you won't submit to God because you're torn between uh, what this world has to offer and what Jesus has to offer. And, you know, we need to li- li- be living for eternity and not be living for the nasty now and now. <clears throat> I know the older I get, the more I want to live for eternity because that's forever. And we're, what we go through down here is just a momentary light affliction even though it may seem really hard. I know I've been going through some things lately that have been really hard, but, you know, I'm okay with it now because I'm living for Jesus. A double-minded person will fall away from the faith, the Bible says. In First Timothy 4.1, it says, but, in, but the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times men will fall away from the faith, giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. And we see this happening right now in the church. There's so many things going on in the church of America, uh, the smoke, the lights, the, the things that are going on in the church, that there's no holiness, no righteousness, no repentance. 
you know, the scripture says without holiness, no man is going to see the Lord. And there's things that are happening in the church in America, and they're calling it revival when it's actually the revival of demon spirits. And if we don't love the truth, we'll be taken in by all of that. And this is happening right now here in America. People are falling away from the faith, giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. A person that's double-minded, it fears man more than he fears God, and he'll let every person control him because he fears man. And, you know, that's really rooted in rejection. And the scripture says that the fear of man brings a snare. And so if you let everybody control you, you've got their minds but through control, which is witchcraft. Proverbs 29, verse 25 says, the fear of man brings a snare, but he who trusts in the Lord will be exalted. A person who's double-minded is operating under two kingdoms with two kings and has dry, dead bones and engraves. And that's, you can read that. I'm not reading it because it's in Ezekiel 37, where Ezekiel has a vision of the valley of dry bones. And um, God asked the question, well, these bones lived. And and, and, uh, Ezekiel said, oh, Lord, you know. And then God told him these bones are the whole house of Israel, which is representative of the church. And then God says he wanted to put sinews on them. He said prophesy to the breath, and, and I'm paraphrasing all this, prophesy the breath and say come breathe on these sla- that are slain. Speak to these dry dead bones and say live and to come out of the graves where you've been buried. And so it talks about uh, having two kingdoms, um, two kings, two kingdoms. And God says, you know, when you repent of your idolatry, I'm going to make you one. And then he says, I'm going to bring down my sanctuary in your midst. So, you know, you're either under the sanctuary of the Lord or you're under the shadow of death, which is outside of the sanctuary of the Lord. And he said, I'll give you one king. And, of course, we know who the king is. That's Jesus. But I encourage you to read Ezekiel 37. That's really a picture of the condition of the church. And, you know, just as I was reading this, I've read this for years, and I never I never even uh, thought maybe that I might be one of those people. And so I just started repenting over Ezekiel 37, and I actually got some deliverance. So if you haven't, you know, your forefathers, we've come out of uh, all kinds of stuff because the sins of the fathers pass on to the children, to the third and fourth generation. And so uh, a person also that's double-minded is a fence straddler. That means he's, he tries to have one foot with God, but one foot somewhere else. And, you know, the word uh, diabetes comes from an old English word meaning straddler. And I want to say this. This is not a condemnation, and maybe there's been exceptions to the rule. But over the years, I've never known one person who had diabetes that was not a compromiser, who did not have fear of man, who was a man-pleaser. And, and that basically that can be rooted in, re, in rejection. But Jesus said he'll not reject you. He said he'll come to you. So uh, run after Jesus and not run after the approval of man. A person that's double-minded cannot decide if God is good or if he's believable or can be trusted. James 1, 5-8 says the double-minded man cannot decide if God is believable. And so this was the the same for the apostate uh, apostate Israel. They that's why they vacillated between God and Baal is because they couldn't decide if God was faithful or if He could be trusted. After all the miracles that uh, God worked for the children of Israel, 
they would continue to go back and worship false gods. And so a person that's double-minded, he's not committed from the heart to that form of teaching that produces righteousness. Um, Romans 6.16 says, Do you not know that when you present your bodies to someone as slaves for obedience, you're slaves of the one whom you obey? So, you know, if we're not obeying the Lord, we're the slave to whoever we're obeying. It says, oh, let me see. Let me go back and read this here. 6.16 says, you do not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are a slave of those of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or righteousness obedience resulting in righteousness a person that's double-minded is trying to serve two different masters and jesus said in matthew 6 24 no man can serve two masters either he'll hold the one and love the other or he'll despise the one and hold to the other man you cannot serve god and mammon and a person that is double-minded is not with god therefore he scatters and gets scattered. And we talked about that earlier. Matthew twelve thirty says, He who's not with me is against me, and he who does not gather with me scatters. And, you know, we seem to deceive ourselves into thinking that we can compartmentalize our life and maybe take a time out from God and then just call upon God when we are in a tight place. But God... Uh, does not approve of that. We can't just give him a time out and then call on him when we're in um, having a problem. Proverbs 1 says that if we turn to his reproof, he'll pour his spirit out on us and we'll know his word. goes on to say, because I called and you wouldn't listen, um, there's going to be destruction. Read, read Proverbs chapter 1. And so God is not at all pleased with double-mindedness. Can you imagine if uh, a man couldn't decide if he loved his wife or the secretary or if his wife couldn't decide if she loved him or the man down the street? So you see surely why God wants a commitment from us, either for us, for or against him, hot or cold. Obviously, uh, his desire is that we submit our will to him so that we can secure our salvation and secure eternal life. In Luke 10, 38, uh, a lawyer came to Jesus and he said, Master, how can I have eternal life? And Jesus said, well, what does the law say? And Jesus said, I mean, I'm sorry, the, the lawyer said, it says that we're to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, all of our mind, all of our soul, and all of our body, and our neighbors, ourselves. And Jesus said, you've answered correctly. Do this and live. So we have to walk in love. James 4, 4 says, you adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship of, with the world is hostility toward God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now, for us to have the mind of Christ, we have to, number one, make Jesus the Lord and master of our life, not Jesus plus all these other things that we're seeking, but Jesus has to have our whole heart, loving God with our whole heart. We have to set our minds on things above. Colossians 3, 2 says, set your mind on things above and not on this earth. Romans 8, 6 says, for the mind set on the flesh is death, 
but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. So if you want life and peace, you're going to have to set your mind on the spirit. And to have the same attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.5 says, have this same mind that was that's in yourself, which was also in Christ Jesus. And the next thing is to love the Lord with all your heart and all your mind. And we've already talked about that. Mark uh, 12.30 says, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And with all your strength. And, you know, that includes loving your husband. I see, you know, the old covenant was kept by keeping the letter of the law. The new covenant is kept in this one statement, loving the Lord with all your heart, mind, soul, body, and your neighbor as yourself. And so that includes loving your husband or loving your wife. And then lay down your idols, the things that tick you off, the things that push your button, the things that rain on your parade the things you fear, uh, the things that make you angry, the things that depress you. Romans one twenty eight says, And just as they did not see fit to acknowledge God any longer, God gave them over to a depraved mind to do the things which are not proper. And, of course, depraved mind is dementia. It's Alzheimer's, dementia, all forms of mind problems. God wants us to have the mind of Christ. Present your body to God as a living sacrifice. Romans 12, 2 says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you might prove what is the will of God, that which is good and is acceptable and perfect. And then uh, make Jesus the Lord of your relationships. Uh, Proverbs 15 says, evil companions corrupt good morals. There's another place that says, walk with wise men and be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. The scripture says in James, where there's contention and strife, there's every evil work. Um, it says if you have jealousy and selfish ambition, uh, you're in a demonic atmosphere. And so make Jesus the Lord of your relationships. First Corinthians 1.10 says, now, I exhort you, brethren, by the, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you all agree, and there will be no divisions among you, but you be made complete in the same mind and in the same judgment. Now, sometimes, you know, people think that that means agree with darkness. The scripture says light cannot fellowship with darkness. And what I see is I see the light, those that are believers, I see them compromising with darkness to keep peace. That's not unity. Unity is when two people or more decide that Jesus Christ is king and it's his word that they'll obey. If the husband, the wife, or whoever else is involved, they can agree that whatever God says they'll do, that's true unity. But God doesn't want believers to compromise with the darkness. There's other places that says Jesus didn't come to bring peace, but he came to bring the sword. And see, if you've got fear of man, you will bow down and compromise with darkness, and God's not pleased. You may be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. When that happens, you'll go into a fiery furnace, but you'll come out not even smelling like smoke. And then walk in the spirit so as to uh, be illumined by God. Ephesians 4.17 says, This I say, therefore... And affirm together with the Lord 
that you walk no longer just as the Gentiles walk in the futility of their minds, but be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Ephesians 4.23 says, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your minds. Let your mind dwell on that which is honorable, uh, right, pure, lovely, and of good report. Philippians 4.8 says, finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there be any excellence and anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Let your mind dwell on these things. And God instructs us in James 4, 7 through 10, submit yourselves to the Lord and resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and wail. Change your laughter into mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord, and he will exalt you. Praise the Lord. And make sure you're born again. I don't mean believe in Jesus with your head, but when you're born again, God does a work in your heart, and you know that you know that you know. You can't explain it, but you know that God's done a work in your heart, and we're all works of pro- we're all work in progress. And so Matthew 6:33 says, "Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you." Well, I'm going to lead you in repentance, and if you if you can agree, you know the word spirit means breath, and so if you cough out or breathe out or um it come, spirits come out different ways, but um, you may not feel anything. But I'm going to lead you in repentance. We're going to submit ourselves to God and resist the devil, and he has to flee. So pray with me. Lord, I just invite you to take over my life. Forgive me, Lord, for not um, Forgive me for not loving you with all my heart, all my, my all my mind, my soul, my spirit, and my neighbor as myself. Father, forgive me for uh, rebellion. Forgive me for fear of man. Forgive me for antichrist. God, forgive me for um, not walking in love. Forgive me for being lukewarm. Forgive me, Lord, for um, having. I forgive my parents uh, for that my home was not ruled by the mind of Christ. And, Lord, uh, because I've let people control me, you said after a man is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher. And, Lord, through soul ties, I forgive my parents for t- training me up in a home that's not wasn't ruled by you or your mind. I forgive those who satanically, richly abused me. I forgive those who verbally abused me, mentally abused me, sexually abused me, physically abused me. God, forgive me for being unstable. Forgive me for being unbelieving, like a ship driven of the wind and tossed. Forgive me, Lord, for um, when I lack wisdom, not asking you. And then when I do ask you, I don't really believe you're talking to me. So I ask you to forgive me for not believing that you will truly tell me when I ask you. Forgive me for being lukewarm. Lord, I don't want to be spit out of your mouth. Forgive me, Lord, for being ever learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Forgive me for holding to a form of religion, of God, uh, looking religious, 
are being religious, but Lord, denying the power. God, forgive me for, I forgive those people that have rejected me. Forgive me for fear of man. Forgive me for always learning and never coming to the knowledge of the truth. God, forgive me for not loving the truth, which would cause you to send upon me a strong delusion so that I cannot believe and be saved. Forgive me for halting between two opinions. Forgive me for um, having false gods. Forgive me for not submitting my life 100% to you. Forgive me for wanting the pleasures of this world more than I've wanted a relationship with you. Forgive me for calling time out, thinking that I can just take time out and compartmentalize my life. Um, And Lord, forgive me for not being fully surrendered to you. I forgive my mother and father and forefathers for not being fully surrendered to you. Lord, I surrender to you now. Lord, forgive me for falling away from the faith, giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. Forgive me for sitting under teaching that that there's no word, none of your word in it, no repentance, no fear of the Lord, no holiness, no righteousness. Lord, you said after a man is fully trained, he becomes like his teacher. Forgive me for giving heed to doctrines of demons and seducing spirits. Forgive me for fearing man more than I feared you. Forgive me for letting people control me. Lord, I ask you to break the snare that I have had on my life because I feared man more than I fear you. Forgive me for operating under two kingdoms. And Lord, I prophesy to the breath according to Ezekiel 37. And I say, O breath, come and breathe on these that are slain. I say to these dry dead bones, live and come out of the graves where you've been buried. Lord, forgive me for idolatry, which would cause me to, there to be two sticks, two kingdoms, two kings. And Lord, I just repent and I ask you to bring down your sanctuary in my midst in Jesus' name. Forgive me for straddling the fence. Lord, forgive me for compromise, double-mindedness. Forgive me for compromising with darkness. Forgive me for not, um, forgive me for believing a lie that true unity is to agree with darkness and it's not. God, you want me to stand for righteousness. God, you are a God that I can believe and I can trust. I ask you to forgive me for doubting you, being deceived, vacillating between God and my false gods. God, I ask you to forgive me for not being committed to the teaching that produces righteousness. Forgive me for letting other things and other people control me. Forgive me for being a slave uh, to other people and not your slave, not being your bond slave. Forgive me for submitting to sin resulting in death instead of obedience resulting in righteousness. Forgive me for trying to serve two masters. Forgive me, Lord, for disobedience, which has caused me to be scattered to all the peoples of the earth and serving other gods of wood and stone. Being under that curse, I ask you to break that curse. 
forgive me for not being for you, being against you. Forgive me for deceiving myself, being self-deceived. Forgive me for spiritual adultery, being a lover of the world and being an enemy of yours because I've loved the world more than I've loved you. Lord, I set my mind on things above. Forgive me for setting my mind on the flesh. I want to set my mind on your Holy Spirit, which is life and peace. Lord, I want to have the same mind that's been that's been in Christ Jesus. Lord, I choose to love you with my whole heart. I choose to lay down all the idols, everything that stresses me, everything that makes me angry, fearful, hurt, uh, angry. Forgive me for exchanging the truth of God for a lie and worshiping the creature rather than the creator. And, Lord, I present my body to you as a living sacrifice, and I choose to be transformed by the renewing of my mind that I might prove what is the will of God, that which is good, acceptable, and perfect. I make you Lord of my relationships, and, Lord, I pray that you'll forgive me for sexual sin living in situations where there's contention and strife. Forgive me for not walking in the spirit by denying myself, taking up my cross and following you. Forgive me for walking like the Gentiles, lost people walk in the futility of my mind. I ask you to renew my mind, Lord. I choose for my mind to dwell on things that are honorable, right, pure, lovely, and good repute. Forgive me for letting my mind dwell on trash, on things I watch on TV. God, forgive me for making television a false god and movies a false god. Forgive me for planting demonic things in my spiritual garden through what I look at and what I listen to. Forgive me for not taking care of how I listen. I submit myself to you, Lord. I resist the devil, and your word says he has to flee. I draw near to you, God. I wash my hands through confessing my sin, and I ask you to purify my heart. And, God, I pray you teach me to number my days that I might present to you a heart of wisdom. And, Lord, if I'm not born again, I ask you, I submit my life to you. I invite your Holy Spirit to come in and save my soul. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for my sin, that I can be forgiven, that I can be saved, healed, and delivered and preserved in Jesus' name. Amen. So take a deep breath and blow out in Jesus' name. And, Lord, we break soul ties with every person that has controlled them, break soul ties with every person whose mind works in them in Jesus' name. And we just, in the name of Jesus, we break the power of those strongholds We thank you, Lord, that the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but mighty to God for the smashing down of strongholds. And, Lord, I ask you to give them a single mind, a single heart to live for you. In Jesus' name, we praise you, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And, Lord, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Wherever demon power left, I ask you to be filled with your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, for the truth that sets me free. In Jesus' name, amen. 
You know, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the ministry. If you need prayer, you can call in at 646-595-4784, and don't forget to press 1. But uh, you can go on our website, jerrymcgee.com. It's all lowercase, G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E.com. And there's articles there that are free. There's free CDs you can listen to. Um, there's articles, there's books you can buy. I, I recommend Clearing the Land and one called um, Resetting Life's Negative Reaping Patterns. It shows you how to change the negative reaping to the positive. Also, there's a book on um, that you can order called Drunkenness. Is it a blessing or curse? And this is one way that people are falling away from the faith, getting involved in the drunkenness. They think they're drunk in the Holy Spirit, but it's drunk in the unholy spirit. Because the one of the the fruit of the spirit is self control and one of the fruit of the flesh is drunkenness. You can be physically drunk or spiritually drunk, but it's talking about this little book is speaking of spiritual drunkenness. And so I hope you'll listen again again the first and third Tuesdays of each month from six to eight PM. Um, I'll be in uh, Mechanics Bill Pennsylvania on the 25th of the 27th and if you're not on my um, well if you'll sign up for my email I'll send you a flyer so you can uh, get an information if you live in that in that particular area it's the um, let freedom ring conference and the contact number is Bill Wilson 717-350-1500 I'll be at Lake Hamilton, and this and this is I'll be there October 25th to 27th, 2019. Be at Lake Hamilton Bible Camp, November 2019 for the Thanksgiving camp. If you need deliverance and you need personal prayer, you can come. We have prayer teams that pray for people every morning. It's very inexpensive to go. Uh, you can go to their website is LakeHamiltonBibleCamp.com and get information. And uh, I have a Duncanville meeting in November, the first Saturday in November. And uh, Angie Grauke will be teaching that particular meeting, but I'll be back in December and the month after that. And so I thank you for listening in. Thank you for your financial support. Every little bit helps, and we appreciate it so much. And also, if you'd like to give a gift, you can go to um, D for Dorothy, D Churchy number one at hotmail.com and send a gift. She's the sponsor of this program and she does a good service by allowing me to come on there free of charge. And so I just appreciate her and I appreciate each of you for listening in. If you'd like to schedule a meeting in your area, if you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net. That's G-E-R-I-M-C-G-H-E-E at S dcglobal.net and um, I'll email you back if you'd like to be on our mailing list if you just have a question I always answer my emails and so unless they're just scam or junk mail I try to answer all of them so I love to hear what God's done in your life and if I can help you in any way you can email me at jerrymcgee at sbcglobal.net And so thank you for listening in. Until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and even give you more peace.